podcast recorded in Muncie, Indiana. Right now it's a Saturday night and it just happens to be my birthday. Jordan's birthday, my wife's birthday. She turns 22, or fuck, she turns 32 today. Oh my God. But you still have the uh, the drive of a 22-year-old, babe. I don't know about that. <laughs> no, you do. To keep up with three kids, you got to. It's hard, I mean, like, Michaela, you know, is a teenager, so it's like... Yeah. Sometimes I think I'm a little too hard on myself. But, I don't know. I'm I'm figuring out a routine. Because it's been hectic this week, babe. Yeah, this week is... We started uh, back to school ourselves. Yep. Yeah, I'm already tired. And we still have quite a bit more homework to do. Yep, I'll be staying up after this. No, I, I do love the process of education, but sometimes, like, it takes a minute to get back into that rhythm and that kind of swing of things. Yeah. S- especially well, when virtual learning's going on. Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah, and it's been, man, five years since I've been in school, and now I have three kids, it, so. And th- that's crazy, too, because, you know, I graduated nine months ago, and I feel like it's been forever since uh, I can't imagine, like, you doing five years where you're, like... Well, and virtual, yeah. you know? Like, I'm glad I have one class, <laughs> like, because I like going to campus. and Yeah, you have one class on campus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's only for an hour, but I'm taking a couple big classes, so doing them virtually is a little bit scary. Yeah, you're kind of a sadist to do biology and anatomy on the same semester. Mm. But come early December, you'd be like, all right, I'm glad I got that done with. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is our 15th episode, babe. Yes, and we decided to get a... I I don't know. (laughs) I lost track of what I was going to say. But no, we are really going to try and get back on track not that we were off track but we just want to kind of get back into talking about us and um let's see like talk about you today babe yeah that's always great for an introvert (laughs) so that's what I love about virtual even though like at work we're not virtual but school I am yeah I love that anonymity (laughs) so babe Let's talk about let's see. Let's talk about like okay, out of high school. Yes. What did you do after you graduated high school? I did the Lord's work. Oh my god. <laughs> no. Um what did I do after high school? That's a good question. I mean, I just kind of that's like a weird age because you're like, especially if you don't know, you don't have like this plan oh, yeah. that you're going to do. You just kind of kind of go around and uh, you're not really anchored anywhere. And then like, so after I graduated high school, I was still using pretty heavily, you know, and really kind of at that point, uh, I was just kind of starting to like, my own mind, uh, you know, I started having a lot of, like, self-doubt and 
terrible, poor, terrible and poor like self-efficacy where I just kind of like didn't feel like I could do things. But I ended up moving to Florida. What um, part? Um, when I first moved there, I was in uh, Coral Springs, which is in Broward County. So it's just like a suburb just north of uh, Fort Lauderdale. And then I, I and I bounced around some places. I also lived with my brother down there in Boca. Um, and but you know, like Florida, it, it just any. I went there because like my I had family there. You know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> it wasn't like I mean it could have been fucking Minnesota and I would have went because I I had that like uh, mentality that a lot of people have. But you know, like in recovery, they always say like to change your people, place, and things, and you know, sometimes, like, so in recovery, trying to change your place is okay, but trying to do that, like, before you step into recovery, thinking that it'll fix it is a, is a common misconception. So, like, the idea is, I just need to get away from the people I'm around, which could be true, or just need to get around, get out of that environment. But it doesn't work, like... You just, like, found yourself finding the same group... Yeah, like, and, you know, I didn't have any friends down there, and within, like, two weeks, you know, I'm, like, fucking 18, I'm, like, young and spry and just full of fucking energy and, you know, terrible stuff, but I, uh, I made a couple friends, and I started, like, hanging out with this girl, and... Were you playing music then? No, well, so that was the thing, too, like, they had, I forget what it's called, but it's, like... It was kind of like the Rocket or uh, Nuevo, where it's like an alternative um, newspaper, and it kind of, you know, it's like an arts and performing arts newspaper. So all the bands that were coming into town would advertise in there, but also they were, I mean, this will date it for you, they were wanted ads in there. And so it was like people wanting artists, people wanting photographers, things like that, or people trying to sell their services. But then there was, like, musicians wanted. And believe it or not, so South Florida is a very hot place, right? Uh-huh. I mean, it's, it's no doubt about it. You're, you're in a tropical place. But there were no metal or punk bands in that part of Florida. And all the bands I ran into down there that I, like, tried to hook up with, they were all goth bands and more like goth on the electronic side. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. So, and not, not, not even, like, Depeche Mode or, you know, like, when The Cure were doing a more gothic kind of approach. Not even like that, but just, like, really underground shit. Hmm. Like, stuff I'd never even heard about. So, and it, I mean, that music can have guitar, but, <laughs> no, it wasn't happening. So, I didn't play. I mean, I was just playing at home by myself, you know. But... I made a couple friends, you know, started hanging out with people, and of course, like, in South Florida, cocaine is really cheap, um, and it, you know, I don't know the way it is now, but meth wasn't down there at all, um, but I, uh, you know, I really um, just kind of like, it wasn't even like a matter of weeks, it was really a matter of a few days, I was just using again, and you know, kind of because I was, I mean, two weeks is not that long, but like I'm, I'm an introvert, but I also like being around people, and you know I didn't have any friends. And it's like when you're 18, friends are a big deal, right? You know, 
when you're as old as you are at 32. I'm just joking. But, like, you know, <laughs> as you get older, you're just like, you love hanging out with friends, but you just don't get to do it that often. And so when you don't hang out with your friends, you don't feel weird inside, like you do when you're 18. Oh, yeah. It's a whole different mentality. Yeah. So I, I remember one time I, I was, like, down there, and I was working late, and I got off, and it was, like, fucking 1.30 in the morning or something. It was around, like, the holidays, so I had to, like, work over. And I was so fucking hungry because I hadn't ate all day because, like, work was crazy busy. And so I went to this, what the place, what was that called? Denny's, right? So I went to this Denny's. It's like, this all-night diner. And I got one of those. I, it's funny because I had one of those uh, alternative newspapers with me because I was going to, like, just read that while I'm in a booth eating, which terrifies me. And I know you know this, but our listeners probably don't. Like, to go into a place by myself really bothers me. You know, and yeah, I remember it. like when I, <laughs> when you and I first met, like you know, and we were talking, and I just, I don't know, I'd gone somewhere to eat, or well, I did all the time, and I, I go to eat by myself. I mean, not so much now, but I would go to eat by myself all the time. And you're like, really, you, you go by yourself <laughs> and eat? And I was looking at you yeah. like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, I think it's because. I'm used to people staring at me because they think I'm weird or like I'm going to People like, stare at you because you're mug them. No, they stare at me because they think I'm going to rob them or mug them or they think I'm weird. But you, they stare at you because you're beautiful and they're intrigued, you know? No, I mean. Well, it's, it's true. But we, we definitely have a different And like, some people stare at me and think I'm trash. Yeah, I know. All right. You were telling Satanist. People. Satanist. Well, don't worry. My dad will be one, too, as he was saying, you know. He used to be <laughs> liberal and not socialist and communist. Soon it'll be Satanist. But but so I went to this Denny's, right? Mm-hmm. And it was like 1.30 or so. And I worked in a place called Pembroke Pines, which is right outside of Hollywood. And uh, it's like, it was like 20 minutes away or something. But I go into this Denny's, and I'm just like, man, I'm going to read this. I'm going to keep my head down. Like, And nobody was there, you know, which like why I went in there so I go in there and the lady like seating seating me was like where's your date honey and I, was, I just kind of laughed I was like I, I don't have one and at first I was like that's kind of weird you know like so she sets me down and as soon as I sat down and she hands me the menu I evidently in fucking Florida they have prom on like in November December or some shit <laughs> So I, as soon as she hands me the menu, it was like a fucking tidal wave of high schoolers coming from prom, like in tuxes and all these prom dresses. So within five minutes, the place is fucking packed. I'm surrounded by fucking high schoolers. I was wearing a Mayhem t-shirt too, which was funny. It's like black metal, Norwegian black metal band. But and all and like that part of Florida is very affluent, you know. I mean, like you would see Ferraris and Lotuses and. Lamborghinis all the time. I mean, all the time. Very, very rich part. So all these people were like, fucking like, nice. Like, it's, so it's just very weird. So for me to do that, like, even just to go, like, to a grocery store, I just, you know. I'll tell you what, though. One thing that you got me doing that I love is I take my AirPods with me when I go grocery shopping. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, I can just listen to some music and not yeah. like. Although sometimes I worry that I like someone might see me and they're hey hey and i ignore them and I, they don't realize <laughs> that i'm i did that to gerd 
Oh. At Walmart. He was like, hey, I was yelling at you, and, and I had my hood on, too, you know. He was like, I was calling your name, and you just kept walking. And I was like, really? That doesn't sound like me. And he was like, yeah, it's at Walmart. And I was like, oh, dude, I have my AirPods in. <laughs> like, I just, you know, I love zoning out to high on fire when I'm in the grocery store, believe it or not. But, yeah, so high school, I, I after that, I, I went down to Florida, and, you know, of course, like. How long did you live there? Like six months. And then you moved back to Muncie? Yeah, because, you know, just Muncie was, no, I was just, <laughs> really why I moved back was because I was working in a job, didn't have, it was just, I couldn't even pay rent, so, and I did, I lived with family members and people and stuff, so I, uh, I didn't have to pay rent, and I was crashing at my brother's place, and we got into it, and, um, you know, he made the remark, something like, you can either, like, move out and rent a place here, or you can move back to Indiana, and two days later, I moved back. I was like, fuck it, I'm gone. Which was dumb. I mean, I was a... But there, it, I would have left regardless if we hadn't had that. Because I was still using and hadn't, you know... So, once you moved back home, how long was it before you became sober? So, well, I uh, stopped using the third... So, I was back for three weeks. Um... I stopped using the third week of January of 2000. So, um, and what happened was, I remember that night I was out with Michael Sorrell. Mike lives in uh, uh, Florida right now. He's a golf pro, which is a perfect job for him. Hopefully you'll meet Mike someday, but regardless. (laughs) um, I was with Michael Sorrell and Jason Houston, and they weren't, they didn't really do drugs. You know, they drank and things like that but they didn't do like hard drugs and um somewhere along the line i i did so i didn't get it from them but i got some pills and um i was told they were opiates and you know this is like really before you could look up pills and shit (laughs) there would be like the big pill book that all the junkies had so you couldn't just look at a pill and like find out exactly what it is so and to this day i don't know what they were but I took them. I, I don't remember how many I took. And I took a couple, like, orally, and then I crushed up, like, a few or three or four. And I was doing, like, key bumps all night, you know, off of that. And something happened. We were out, but something happened, and I just felt different. And uh, I was like, I got to go home. And, you know, these dudes were, like, really excited to hang out because I just moved back, you know. And uh, I went home to my parents' place, you know, to their condo. And um, I remember going. It was hard because they all looked the fucking same, you know. They're like Monopoly houses. And I was, I, and I, I went into the right house, but I was so, like, just disoriented. It wasn't high, and, you know. It was an effect of whatever I took. But I, I kept, like, going up to the door and didn't didn't have the courage to, like, try to open it because I was like, I don't know if this is the right house. Because all the cars are in their garages and they yeah. all look the same, you know. But then I saw a light and I realized it was my parents' place. So I go in there and as soon as I get in, I was, like, one of those kids that, like, so if I have to throw up, I'd rather go outside and throw up or, you know, I would never go to the toilet and throw up. But that night, I, like, Instead of, like, staying outside and just, like, fucking getting sick, I went to the toilet, and I threw up. And I threw up so fucking hard 
like a you know like a spell of vomiting you know yeah. we threw up several times but i i broke some blood vessels around my eyes of course i didn't know this you know it was but the next day um it's probably a good thing you threw up yeah because so i should probably mention too like i hate throwing up like you can do drugs you know it's it's i'm not embarrassed to talk about this stuff but at the same time, it's just so foreign to me now because it hasn't been a part of my life for so long, and I feel very fortunate about that and grateful. But, you know, you can shoot dope, and as soon as you hit that, you'll throw up. And that kind of vomiting is actually feels so good. It's so weird to say that because it's such a, like, it's like this rush that happens, and it's just like an immediate, like, you're fucking thrown up. And if that happens, you know, I don't want to glamorize this shit, but like, if I, I'm not gonna talk about that part, but so, but this is this like puking flu that just like is wretched, you know. And then after that, I felt so bad. I was just like, you know, my I I was like thinking back, like I moved to Florida like to get clean, and obviously like that didn't work. And then so I moved back to get clean and then I was three weeks in and I was just like I'm done and you know that time I really meant it you know so I mean I'm I see people every day that 55 60 years old struggling with this shit telling younger people in there like hey you got your whole life ahead of you don't don't waste this what do you think I mean what do you think is was different with you i mean i don't know like a good question you know you know what made you really just stop well you know every time i have to go to a fucking funeral for some some friend that's died because of drugs or hep c you know um i i i asked that question and i asked that question it runs through my head for because i felt guilty about it you know because like i did drugs with all those guys i mean can mention some names you know like Nick and Matt I did drugs with all the time and you know like they're not here Nick died in January died January 24th Matt died in 2004 so April 2004 and um, so I don't to so I, I can't answer that like fully like the reason why um, and you know, a lot of people always ask me, like, is that when you found God? <laughs> I'm like, no. <laughs> is you that know. when you became a pastor? <laughs> no, it wasn't until a while after that. I mean, it was years, you know, that I became, like, spiritual. And I think, like, as humans, we're all spiritual, even if we're not, like, you know. I'm not, like, the kind of guy that prays in front of people or, you know, things like that. But... I think we're all spiritual to a degree some more than others and but no like i you know like using drugs and um it 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 kind of like enabled me to have like my whole perspective very short so the future wasn't like a really really wasn't a thing you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. unlike when you be you step into like a responsible adult life like you're always working towards the future. It's never like 
you're just for the day because you're always like, I got to get this done or I'm doing this tomorrow and I got to see these people. And so, but in that, like, as a, as a driving current, you know, that I appreciate in my life now. But I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, so you were 19 then when you got sober? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I've been 19 for like uh, three weeks or two weeks, so. Yeah, I remember seeing that picture on your Facebook. It was around that age, but well, you were with, with your grandma or your yeah. mom. I was so wasted in that picture. It was a <laughs> high school open house with like Nick and Chris and Dan High. Yeah, I was so fucked up in that picture. <laughs> I forgot about that and, you know. That's like that makes me feel guilty too. That makes me feel bad because I was around so many like my grandpappy and my mom and granddad. Um, I was around them, not a ton like high, but definitely feeling, you know, whether it's like the sick part of it or the you know just coming down off of it part. But you know, I, I wasted a lot of time, you know, where obviously they were older in life and they ended up passing away but I see pictures like that and I'm like man I wish I I wish there was like a switch you could just go up and flip and somebody and make them go yeah I I don't want to use yeah yeah it's definitely sad like it there's there's just so much addiction yeah everywhere it's, it's everywhere so before it was concentrated in the minority community for imposed sociological reasons. Um, And then obviously it started moving out with like the advent of the opioid beginning of that pandemic. That was another thing, you know, like meth wasn't around. I mean, I, I heard it was around, like I asked people like back in the day, man, like, cause we were never around meth and I hated Coke. I did a lot of it. Well, not a lot. I mean, you're in high school. How can you, like, afford Coke? <laughs> but, like, <laughs> y- you know, enough to, like, to not like it, to still do it, you know? Like, compartmentalize your, or, like, substitute if you couldn't get opiates. So, but, you know, I look back on all that, and it was a time of, you know, those are hard years, like, trying to figure out who the fuck you are, and then you have anger issues, and you have some issues that, you know, you have started to deal with and when you start dealing with issues like that, like sexual abuse and stuff, it's really weird because in my experience, it's like you would seem like you're making a lot of progress and then all of a sudden you'd look up and you just feel like you just kind of came to a halt and you don't feel like you're moving forward and you feel like you're just in your head about things, you know, all the time. Yeah. Which is a lot of guilt. I mean, you know. That's the weird thing about sexual abuse or any kind of, like, abuse where, I hate the word victim, but, you know, the the person that went through that, they, in my experience, but what I've I've also encountered is that there's a lot of guilt on us, you know? Yeah. Yeah. On ourselves. Mm Mm-hmm. I remember that. But, yeah. Um, You know, I wish, like, you know, it's like the whole... It's not a cliche because it's so true, but, like, I wish people wouldn't use drugs, you know. Like, I still think about Nick every day, 
and I know it's because he just died. I still think about Matt all the time too. And, you know, I haven't seen Matt. He's been dead for fucking. It'll be eighteen years in uh, in April. So it's just like that's a long time. But I can still, if I think about Matt's voice, I can still audibly hear it in my mind, like the sound of it. And Nick's is like super fresh, you know. Where when we talk about when we get to our paranormal episode, you need to talk about some of the dreams you've had. Try. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's interesting. What dreams are you talking well, about? Well, I know that you have dreams of Matt, but not like yeah. a lot, but it's like, no, yeah. it's almost like they're messages, though. And I, you know, Same with about Nick. Nick. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You know, those dreams, at first, you're kind of like cool because I got to see him, and then, like, you're like, man, I, w- I wish I wouldn't have those. But, but at the same time, like, you know, as time goes on, you appreciate those because it's like they're still there, you know, even though they're not. But drugs are just a weird, I mean, I know I talk about it all day, <laughs> every day at work, but I don't have to do it from a personal perspective, you know? Yeah. I It would be hard to be around that every day, though. Absolutely. Like, it's draining. It would be draining. It is, kind of, but there's also this aspect of recovery that's, like, giving back. Mm. And, you know, every day on my way to work, you know, drive through Ball State. And and sometimes you'll see people, you're like, yeah, you can tell they, they had a rough night or they've probably been out all night. Or even, like, before, like, when I'm not at work, but, like, after on the weekend, I'll see people that you can tell that, you know, like, remember when we were in the convenience store and those you just tell those two women were just on methamphetamine. It was oh, yeah. Like, you know, just like walking like skeletons mm-hmm. and just rough looking. But I, I look at people like that, and especially younger people. And when I go to work, that's like my motivation, like going in there. Like, it doesn't matter if these people, like in the in the bigger picture, it doesn't matter if they don't step into recovery for the rest of their lives. I'm just trying to like work on today and it motivates me because that's how so this is what I think so do you know what the Jews the the Jewish community after World War II do you know what their reaction was as a community to the six million Jews that were killed during the Holocaust so and I've said this in group therapy sessions before most people think, what's their reaction? They'd be like, to go after the Nazis and kill them. And you're like, well, kind of, but not, <laughs> not really. What they did was they started procreating. So they started having babies. And their goal was, we need to have six million because they tried to literally wipe out our people on the face of the earth. So that's how they get back. Isn't that cool? Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, huh. like, what's the biggest, like, fuck you you could say to a national socialist that tried to exterminate your entire race? Is to get pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> huh. But so I look at that. That's how I get back. That's how I put my middle finger to addiction. That's how all those fucking, you know, visits to the tombstones and, or the, you know, the grave sites. And just all the times I bump into people where I'm like, I just feel bummed out after I, I see them, you know. That's how I, I get back at addiction is by helping, you know, those. 
So that makes it, like, less, I mean, it's hard and intense, but it takes that part off of it, you know, where there's not as much pressure. So when you, eventually you'll have your own practice. So are you going to stick to, yes, are you going to stick to the same type of counseling? Uh, you know, I want. I really want to get into some psychotherapy, and that's what we're doing now. But it would be more like psychosocial, rather than just totally like psychological. But um, I want to have a foot in recovery, so I can offer that service to people. But I also really want to tackle depression, sexual abuse, mental abuse, physical abuse. Um, so. You know, a little all around, but I don't want to solely just land in recovery, professional recovery settings and work out of there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, I can't wait to figure out how to incorporate what I want to do into that. I think it'll be a unique thing, you know? I think that's the biggest, one of our biggest issues as a culture from a medical perspective is... um, so the way the World Health Organization, and I know some people think that organization sucks, but it really doesn't. It's saved millions of lives over the years. But the World Health Organization defines disease and health a little bit different than our American culture like perceives it. So our, Amer- our American culture, if somebody said, are you healthy? They would say, yes, like me. Am I healthy? Yes, I'm 39, I'm healthy. Um, but the WHO, the World Health Organization, defines disease as not only absent of disease, but also not just like healthy, but doing something to maintain health. So exercises in there, a, mm-hmm. like a ton. So I look at what I want to do as more of a biopsychosocial perspective. Um, so it's not just, and you know, that's a problem I have with a lot of like medically assisted uh, treatment drugs like methadone you know that if it's done in a way where it's like a vending machine where you just come in here and you get your you drink like your dose or you take your pill or you get whatever and then there's no like other sides to it because that's only really dealing with the biological side because you're those drugs what they do is they take away cravings and they actually keep you from going into withdrawal Mm mm-hmm but a lot of people, you know, they, they use them, and, and they're effective for a time. You know, like, I think it's okay. But we are different. We deal with, you know, we do exercise therapy, rec therapy. Um, so there is that, you know, basically, like, that biopsychosocial is a basically, like, from a perspective of a, a circle where it's like you can't only work on one thing. It's like if you're experiencing, like, clinical depression – and it's getting to a point where you reach out for, you know, SSRIs, which are selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors like Lexapro, uh, Zoloft, Prozac, all those things. And you think that taking that pill will fix your issue. I mean, I, I know that's happened for some people, mm-hmm. you know, but if you just think that that's what's going to do it and then you just take it for a while, um, I don't know how I feel about that, you know, because you do need to address the physical aspects because they affect the psychological, you know, as and then, but also, like, when that's affected, it affects the emotional side, so. Yeah, it's all connected, like, definitely. Absolutely, yeah. 
you need to you like I think you can use antidepressants as a stepping stone, you know, but you have to do other things like you said, like you have to eat right, you have to exercise, you have to take care of your body, you know. Yeah. There you have to change routines and you and it's hard, it, you know. I, I think like being mindful is so helpful. Um we used to do these mindful things, especially when I had to go virtual because, you know, so we would do this mindfulness technique, and Fran would do it. She's like the exercise and rec therapist. And um, the first time we did it, we only did it for a minute. And it was like this, basically like a YouTube video pulled up, you know. <clears throat> and it's, you know, basically you practice mindfulness, and it kind of walks you through it, you know. And um, the first time we did it, like a minute was hard. Because mm-hmm. like, you know... Your, your mind wants to drift and go other places. And so we did it for several weeks, and we got up to 10 or 12 minutes. And those 10 or 12 minutes, what was crazy, like towards the end of that, those 10 or 12 minutes felt like 30 seconds. Huh. Like you didn't want them to stop, you know. And uh, So, so and what, like, was it guided? Mm-hmm. Like, it was it? Yeah, it was guided, and, um, you know, it was basically just like, having telling you how to sit and then just kind of start relaxing but then just focus on like your breathing mm-hmm. and, you know but and that really like it helps you know especially like in group therapy sessions where people are more more they'll talk more you know what i mean they'll open up more yeah so i think that that's why that perspective is so important mm-hmm. well and you've also said that like you go for walks and yeah. and they're yeah, we go for walks, and, uh, you know, obviously, like, when there's snow or rain, we can't, but the, I notice the days that w- when we can't, um, it, it definitely has an impact, you know. There's definitely an influence where it doesn't allow for as much cohesion as it would if we were walking, because we'll walk, like, in a half hour, we'll get a mile, mile like, 1.2 miles in, which, like, you know not tough but like it's awesome that you get to do that right well babe where are we at at time 34 minutes all right i have homework so do you i know i'm probably (laughs) not gonna do mine tonight i'm gonna do mine tomorrow i only have two yeah i'm gonna stay up for a little bit and do some okay yay well thank you for listening to the pastor and the witch podcast hit us up at our facebook page or at our email at thepastorandthewitchpodcast at gmail.com. Have a good night.